Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. Thank you for joining us. We're talking fighting for the next couple hours here on the BetQL Network. Tonight in Columbus, UFC Fight Night. We're going to break down the numbers, all the odds coming up as we roll along. Sean Zarillo is going to join us from the Action Network. From Prediction Strike, Ben Davis is going to stop by. Me, Brendan Tobin, Jake Galley, and you. Appreciate you stopping by. Before we get into the fighting, I got to pick a beef with you since I'm in Kansas City and you're out there in Miami. Dog, you got our guy, Tyree Kill. I'm just curious because I I know how we feel here in Kansas City, and it would be upset, pissed off, confused, and maybe no longer a Super Bowl contender because of this move. What's the vibe down in Miami? Hyped. I mean, hyped. This is a this is the the most thirsty fan base in town. They're dying for a playoff win. It's been over twenty years since they've had one. Uh, they just got the most exciting established offensive player they've had since Ricky Williams. Like it's it's uh, it, it is a, it is a different type of buzz here when that happened. It was very unexpected too. Like everybody was happy when they got the left tackle to start the week, but then to get that the next day, this place is uh, this place is buzzing. This whole this whole city's buzzing right now. The AFC's got all the good teams and all the good quarterbacks. Are you surprised, since we are a betting show, that the odds maybe didn't shift a little bit more? Like, according to Vegas, the Cowboys are still just kind of one of those other teams. No, nah, I'm not surprised. I, I, I think that they that a lot of that stuff is based on quarterbacks, and I think Tua's unproven. Uh, I like Tua. I believe in Tua. But I think that he does have a lot to prove. A lot of this offseason was about getting a coach who actually believed in him, getting weapons for him that we'll see whether or not he's a guy he's that guy or not you know we're seeing with uh you know with Cleveland they've you know gave Baker Mayfield up until his fifth year and they're rats off a ship so now I think the Dolphins are trying to do that same thing put the weapons around him he's now a couple years away from that hip injury and you know can he maintain it throughout his season health and uh, and performance good for you pair him yeah. up with Jalen Waddle though bro that is, that is scary that is absolutely scary 
The cheetah and the penguin. Everybody's excited, man. They are they the are buzzing. Cheetah and the penguin. Yeah, the penguin much cooler, much cooler bird than the jayhawk, which by the way is a fake bird. You know, like you need to get yourself a real bird mascot, like an ibis. I'm just saying. You don't you want know? to get into this, do you? I'm you just don't saying, dude. Like, this. let's be honest about it. Like the, the the jayhawk is a cartoon character type of uh you know a type of bird. The ibis, it is the last animal to ever leave before the hurricane first to ever come back so it knows the true sense of how to get through a hurricane ergo why does the mascot of the miami hurricanes and no no, no. Uh, you're it's gonna right. be like if you you know i'm, I'm, and I'm you're right the ibis is uh, sebastian the ibis whatever yes. great mascot yes when we go head to head you're right the jayhawk fictional bird whatever but the difference is between a jayhawk and a hurricane slash ibis is that one of them is an actual basketball program that has been here before so I would like to welcome you to the Elite Eight. Thank Congratulations. You. I appreciate it. We're, we're, we're happy to be here with House Money. We're rolling a hot hand right now, you know? Yeah, you are. It it's a six very, it's very exciting. Tomorrow. Uh, Going to get smoked like a Snoop Blunt. We'll talk about that later on in the show. Let's get into the fighting. But let's stay in Miami where the news, bro, like Colby Masvidal, we thought a couple of weeks ago, maybe, obviously they weren't going to ever be friends or roommates again, but they got a chance to fight in the octagon. The more that I can, and I don't think we need to break it down too much. I think people know exactly what's going on. It, I, I'm surprised that so many people are Team Masvidal. Like, even Khabib has come out and said that he's right. on Team Masvidal and basically defended him because Colby can't say anything about his kids and all that. And we all agree with that. You can't say anything. It doesn't matter what the sport is. It doesn't matter what your job is. You can't say something about somebody's kids. But you also can't retaliate if you're a grown man outside of your profession, which happens to be fighting. Where do you stand on this whole thing? Um, I, I, I'm, I definitely don't think that Masvidal should do that. Uh, I, you know, I don't like the fact that Colby is talking about his kids and was taking cheap shots, but I do think that George had to expect that going into last week, that mean stuff was going to be said. Um, you know, I think the thing that I'm bummed out about is I, I, I feel like Masvidal because he is Miami, because he is, you know, looked upon as a real one is like, yeah, I have to not only, you know, I, I have to protect my honor in some way. And so the only way I feel like I can do that is running up on a dude masked, allegedly masked up and hoodied up. And I got to punch him square in the face. But and so, we just saw this, like if superstar having to run up because all of a sudden he's not as good at fighting like he used to be, and he's not getting as much shine. And then the last time we saw it, a guy took a dolly and threw it through a bus. Like, right. And that guy hasn't been the same since in the public eye. Masvidal's too smart for that, man. Like, and, and I'm that, that shine it. to me is rubbing off. I don't like the fact that his management is like gassing him up about it too. Cause I just think that this guy, it's such a rare thing to be at this part of your career and win or, win or lose the dude's a draw. And the guy can make money now for at least another couple of years. I feel like as a draw, don't, I, I just feel like it's stupid. Don't get in these positions where you're going to, you're, you're trying to establish, Oh, Mosfidal, you gotta, you gotta protect some pride here. You man, he's going around calling himself the king of the three Oh five. Like everybody down here, the, the guy that, that is beloved is, is Jorge Mosfidal, not Colby Covington. Um, and I just feel like there's the wrong people around him, you know, trying to say the wrong things into his ear. Like, listen, you got to take responsibility as a man for yourself. But I feel like it's a tough spot because you are in your hometown and, and, and people will, will talk crap because this guy won't stop chirping about it. So it bums me out. It bums me out. But, yeah, Masvidal's wrong here. Um, I don't like that Colby talks about his kids. But, you know, they had 25 minutes to do that. And he could have punched him in the face all he wanted legally and, and getting a fat check for it. Uh, you can't be doing it outside of poppy steak. 
he's almost turned Colby Covington into a like a, a sympathetic figure here. It That's probably like was good for Poppy Steak, though. Have you ever been to Poppy Steak? Any good? I have not been to Poppy Steak. I have not. I've been to Prime. I've been to the OG down here, but I've never been to Poppy Steak. I, there's too many. Dude, there's a new place. There, there's Sexy Fish. There's all these places every every week that's popping up down here. My, there's a new restaurant every week that is the it place. Sexy fish is a restaurant. I wouldn't have guessed. It's that. a restaurant, dude. Sexy fish is a restaurant. It's a restaurant. It was a different kind of establishment. Uh, Brendan Tobin, Sean Levine, Jake Galley, bunch of people all over the place joining us here, helping out. And people you, must think, but people must just think like when when I tell stories of where I live, they're like, what what country are you in? No, this is just it. Yes, this Rick, Rick, uh, Rick, our video producer. Yeah, sexy fish. It's a thing. Look at I'm more interested with neighborhood you live in at this point, sexy fish. When I come down to Miami, I got to check that out. Anyway, appreciate you listening. Uh, coming up in a little bit, we're going to bring on Ben Davis from Prediction Strike, and then we're going to play matchmaker ourselves later on in the show. So a lot to talk about. Bad week for our guys, though. Like you and I are huge MMA fans, not just because we love the sport, because we love the guys and the gals in the sport. We've talked about now that Mazadal has been arrested. Chael got arrested. Honor got arrested. Like, I don't want to dive too deep into it because let's let it all play out. But it's just an ugly week for our sport, man. Yeah, it is. Because you see, look, these guys, are, it's a crazy way to make a living what they do. You know, going into a cage, punching each other in the face, having to talk trash, all that type of stuff. Um, and it's sad that you do see so many stories outside the cage of guys having issues and altercations with people, you know, trouble with the law. It's just, a, you know. I just think it's because this money comes so fast. So great. I mean, Chael's a little bit different. He's he's been out of the sport for a while now, and um, that story's crazy. I mean, you know, it, it, like you said, there's a lot of allegations that are thrown out right now. So I don't know what we should run with and not run with. But you guys can look up the details. Chelsea uh, seems to be in a whole heap of trouble. That and, one keeps uh, moving real quickly. And like you and I were talking about before the show, so Nate Diaz texted, or I should say, tweeted out right before UFC release me if you're not going to let me fight. I need to get right, a fight right. in. And ironically, you and I were having the conversation, like, of all the – if you're talking about a dude and, like, the soul of these people, Nate's taken a lot of crap over the years for, you know, his brother and the weed and all that stuff. He, to me, is, like, one of the one of the good guys of the UFC. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, too, because you think about uh, how much of uh, – how, how outcast the Diaz brothers were for years, you know? For sure. Because, uh, because they were just weed smokers. But, yeah, I mean, like <laughs> – he stays in his hometown, you know, coaches kids in, uh, in, in MMA, you know, does marathons, smokes his weed. I mean, seems like a, seems like right. just living a happy life. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what it is. Uh, speaking of matchups, Sean Strickland has his next matchup official. He's going to be taking on Alex Pereira. So kind of from both sides, we've been wondering who was Pereira going to fight. He's that exciting up and comer. Sean Strickland, it felt like he might've been on a path toward Izzy, but his last fight was super lame and, this doesn't surprise me. I mean, this to me feels like the right matchup at the right time. Yeah, I agree. I think that they both need a little bit more something. Um, I think that is, he's definitely looking for that next contender. If he can get past, uh, um, who the hell, Killer Gorilla and uh, Jared Cannonier. If he gets past him, he's looking for that next guy. Maybe it is going to be Colby Covington. You know, that seems to be a little bit of a uh, momentum behind that. I think that would be a really, really fun matchup. Um, so I think some of these middleweights, they need to, they need to establish themselves. They need to pick everybody off and show that they're the guy, uh, who, who's ready to, to step up there and get a title shot. But yeah, Strickland, there was so, I think the other thing with Strickland is there was just so much hype behind him that, that week, everything was Sean Strickland, Sean Strickland. And then just, the fight was just kind of, ah, you know, it was just, it was very underwhelming. Fight, I mean, to be fair, that's the name of the game. I mean, it's the name of the game, but like, if you want to go and get the title shot, like, and it's not like set in stone, I think you have to have people care about watching you. 
speaking of title shot, I think Curtis Blades is getting close to that. He's at the top of the card tonight in Columbus. Blades, a minus 460 taking on Philly's own Chris Dawkins in a heavyweight matchup. We're going to talk about a lot of underdogs here because I like playing the dogs in the UFC. It's one of the more fun things to do. And I'm going to play all of them tonight. So you can get Dawkins right now at plus 360. You can get him to win by knockout at plus 500, by submission at plus 1,800. I know those are big numbers, but I think those are all live wires. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, especially if Chris Doggis can can find that chin. Like we have seen, you know, the one thing with uh, with Curtis Blades is for real heavy hitters, he can be a little bit susceptible in those exchanges. Um, so yeah, I think Chris Doggis is going to have his opportunities there. Obviously, he had a, a big step up to the plate the last time around when he took on Derek Lewis, and it went very very poorly for him. The thing that's interesting with Chris Curtis Blades though is like he has like almost this Willy Wonka opportunity here, where we're looking and seeing at this heavyweight division of who's going to get the interim shot. And I don't think if Francis Ngannou is just the reigning champion and active, I don't think Curtis Blades is going to get a shot at him because he's lost very badly to Francis twice. So this could be his path. I mean, if if we're going to talk about how does he get back to the title shot, you get that interim belt, and then you're basically forced into a spot where you get a chance to uh, to fight for the undisputed title. So this is a really, really big night for him, especially because he's already lost to Francis twice. Ah, yes, the everlasting gobstopper. I think that uh, Blades, if he wins tonight, gets involved with – so let's say they end up saying, our Francis is going to be out for a while. Let's have an old-school Bellator-style four-man tournament and just see who's the best man. And then whenever Nganu comes back, he still holds a belt, and then whoever wins the tournament fights him. Like I think that's the best way to do it. Typically, that's not what the promotion does. But it feels like there's a bunch of guys right now that can throw their name in the hat. Obviously, John Jones, if he comes back. Stipe, maybe still Derek Lewis, definitely tied to Ivasa. And Curtis Blades would be one of those guys that, but he has to win this fight tonight. Well, don't forget about your guy Tom Aspinall too, because he hopped and up certainly all the way. Tom Aspinall, good lord, He's, yeah, for sure, Tom. Yeah, because he hopped all the way up to number six in the uh, the heavyweight rankings. Absolutely, still in there too. So, if Stepe, let, let, let's just say if it's a Stepe, let's say Stepe isn't going to come back unless it's for John Jones, and John doesn't come back, like you're looking at, you know, Aspinall, Derek Lewis, Curtis Blades, tied to Vasilio gone. Like, who is the guy that you would say has to be out there? It's You're a lot to the rankings, though. I mean, some of those guys have the already rank- got the opportunity. Uh, I am. I mean, but like we're talking about an interim belt, though. Like, I guess the guy who would say is out because he already won the interim Derek title. Is gone, right? Oh, you think Derek, Derek Lewis? Because he's got that shot a couple of times too. Like in gone, like you said, gone head to head. That's why I was kind of throwing those names out there. But okay. like, it's it's wild. It is though one of those things that if Blades wins tonight, and again he's a big favorite to take out Chris Dawkins, you got to pay minus four sixty for Razor Blades tonight. If and when he wins this fight, he's definitely part of that group. Yeah, I think so. I think for sure. It's the the only thing that he has, you know, the only knock that he has against him is the losses to Francis. You know, like he is a very, very dangerous fighter. Francis is really good. He's gotten him twice. He's beaten him viciously twice. So, you know, you, you almost root for him in a spot like this because I do think that he is championship quality good. It's just that. You know, he's he's gone in there with an absolute machine right now who uh, is steamrolling a lot of fools and got him. uh, He got him really badly twice. 
Let's paintbrush the rest of this card. Joanne Wood take on Alex Grasso. Alexa Grasso, she's going to cost you tonight, minus 270. I like Joanne Wood. We're talking underdogs, plus 220. I think she can pull this one out. And I think she has the punching power to win by knockout. In a welterweight matchup, Matt Brown takes on Brian Barberina. That one's basically at a pick em right now, minus 110, essentially both ways. And then the one that I think has the best chance to be fight of the night, a flyweight matchup, Asker Askarov taking on Kaikar France. Now, Askarov is an up-and-comer. He's got the promotion behind him. He's minus 420 tonight. Kaikar France is a guy that wasn't too far away just like a year ago. He's plus 330 in this fight. Like, you want to talk about a live dog? I'm laying heavy on Kaikar France to win this fight tonight. Yeah, I mean, he just had a very exciting performance against Cody, Cody Garbrandt at UFC 269. So he's getting uh, pretty much right back in there. It was a performance of the night bonus for him. Um, you know, we've, we definitely think that, uh, on this, that like, you know, Cody may be on the other side of it for sure, but even still, oh, yeah. you know, he was impressive as hell going up against him. It's, you know, you can only, uh, you can only fight who you can fight and you want to look as impressive as possible, but you know, Askarov has gone in there with, uh, with a lot of the likes at the top of the division and he's been able to go get himself some wins. I mean, he's got a, he's got a draw against Brandon Moreno, who's, you know, the former champion. So, I mean, he is, uh, he is a, a, a big time challenge for Kai Kara France. Um, but I, I mean, this flyweight division is so good now, man. You think about a division that was basically, uh, on, on just the brink of extinction. And I just feel like you have so many good matchups here. These guys are just so skilled. They're so fast. Uh, and it feels like there's just a lot of parody too. Like a lot of these guys can go out there and, and win. Speaking of, we'll talk about the chances of seeing Figueredo Moreno four, which I think is likely to happen, or maybe even official at this point. Brendan Tobin, Sean Levine coming up next from Prediction Strike. We're going to keep, keep talking fighting with Ben Davis here on Tapped Out. You're locked in to the BetQL Network.